Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. In this episode, we are going to tackle the notion of solipsism and all of its modern-day manifestations. By the end of this gospel, we will lay to rest the unfalsifiable claims that solipsists make and settle once and for all the true nature of reality. Let's start by defining solipsism. A solipsist is someone who believes that objective reality does not exist, or cannot be demonstrated to exist. Instead, they believe that reality is generated by either their mind, or just minds in general. Sometimes this is a collective mind, and other times it's an unembodied mind. At its most extreme, the solipsist proclaims that only their mind exists, and thus is responsible for creating all of reality. To support this belief, solipsists often cite the philosopher René Descartes, who recognized in his first meditation that our senses can be deceived. Descartes then went on to postulate that perhaps all of our sense experiences are false. This led Descartes to what he called the evil demon hypothesis. The hypothesis was that there is an evil demon who is actively deceiving us in every way. The conclusion of this mind experiment was Descartes' famous saying, I think, therefore I am. After Descartes denied all of reality, he could not deny his own thoughts. Thus, his mind must exist. In the meditations that followed, he rebuilt reality from the ground up. And thus, the groundwork for solipsism in its modern form was laid. What Descartes failed to consider was the inexhaustible evidence of objective reality. Descartes didn't know about the scientific method, and his conclusions make that painfully obvious. This was a pivotal breakthrough in the philosophy of the Enlightenment era, and led to the invention of the scientific method to assist us in demonstrating the existence of reality. And humanity has been actively demonstrating its existence ever since. Despite all that we have come to learn about our senses, their reliability, and the multitude of scientific breakthroughs that we've had as a result, the notion that reality may in fact not exist persists to the modern day. We see its prevalence in wish thinking, make-believe, and the notion of free will. If you listen, you will hear solipsistic language spoken all around you. Phrases like, my truth, or anything is possible, or if you choose to believe that, or if you can convince yourself of, and there are many others. Popular notions like the secret, destiny, and free will all root themselves in solipsism. We even see solipsism expressed in our favorite books and movies. Epic literary novels like Orwell's 1984 depict what it might be like if humanity were to install a totalitarian government that decides what is true. An even more outlandish example is the movie The Matrix, where all of reality is generated in a computer that deceives humanity. While it is fun to imagine how humanity might be fooled by solipsism in books and movies, there are those that really do think this way, and this type of thinking does real harm in the world. Solipsism stifles our progress and, frankly, is dangerous. If we're going to build a science of morality, 
and move humanity away from suffering and towards flourishing, then we need to conquer our insecurities as they relate to solipsism and ground ourselves in the facts of reality. All of the current manifestations of solipsistic thinking have one very important thing in common. They all deny facts and evidence. Instead, they replace them with the claim that if you believe something hard enough, you can make it true. This is a very dangerous belief because it lends itself perfectly to self-deception. Let's now identify the most common forms of solipsism, how we can relieve ourselves of their burden, and why we ought to. The first is wish thinking. People will do anything to avoid being inconvenienced. In response to their problems, they pray, they meditate, they project their thoughts into the universe. And finally, they refer their responsibilities and moral obligations onto a supernatural moral arbiter. As long as they don't actually have to move or think or contribute in any way, most people are happy to help. As I mentioned before, people often prefer not to be held accountable for their actions, and this of course includes their inaction. Almost everyone claims that they want to do good, but admit that they don't always know where to start or how to help. So instead of answering the call to action that humanity's problems requires, people engage in wish thinking. Wish thinking helps people feel like they are contributing to the solution to their problems while having the added benefit of not lifting a finger. Wish thinking helps them cope with what they perceive as the insurmountable problems that plague humanity. We've all heard it said, well, what can I do? I'm just one man. The real problem with wish thinking is that it fails to engage with the problem, whatever it might be, and instead masks it in a veil of denial. Once the session of wish thinking is over, then it's up to the universe, or the moral arbiter, or the great wheel in the sky to resolve the issue. One of the newest forms of wish thinking is the wildly popular book, The Secret. Here is a quote from thesecret.tv, a website dedicated to the book and its main premise. Quote, You can have, do, or be anything you want. Find out how with The Secret. Unquote. It goes on to say, quote, The Secret's principles for manifestation, visualization, gratitude, intention, and mastering your thoughts and feelings allow you to easily use the law of attraction to create anything you desire, unquote. Here we have the notion of wish thinking cranked up to 11. According to this expression of solipsism, you can literally create reality just by thinking about it. But this notion is not new, nor is it unique to the secret. Perhaps the oldest form of wish thinking is prayer. You might be familiar with the phrase, ask and you shall receive. This is yet another form of wish thinking. If I get down on my knees and ask for something, then I will get it. As with all types of wish thinking, you are encouraged to actually do nothing. Instead, all you do is think about how you want reality to be, and according to those that believe in one of the many forms of wish thinking, then reality will conform to your thoughts. Another example of modern day wish thinking is with the notion that we are all one mind. This type of solipsism posits the idea that our individual mind is somehow plugged into a greater mind, or perhaps that our individual minds make up a network 
that brings into existence one large mind. This large mind is then responsible for the reality that we experience. If we want to change reality, then all we need to do is think about that change and project it into the universe, where it will become part of the network of minds, and thus, reality. The next form of widespread solipsism is make-believe. People often engage in make-believe. And I'm not talking about children imagining that they are slaying dragons, or J.R.R. Tolkien's books about Middle-earth. These are everyday people that choose to believe anything that they want. As an example, consider Pastor John Westcott, who, in an interview with Bill Maher, intimated the following beliefs. Quote, Nobody is born gay. Unquote. He went on to say that, quote, There is no scientific data that proves that anyone is gay. Unquote. And finally, quote, I don't believe that anyone is gay. Unquote. These quotes capture much of what is wrong with this type of thinking and demonstrate that the pastor is engaging in make-believe. Pastor Wilcott is fully aware of the tens of millions of people that exist who are, in fact, gay. He is just making himself believe that they don't exist. The irony in his beliefs is that he is also gay. The pastor stated in the interview that, quote, I am a heterosexual guy who dealt with some homosexuality, unquote. For our pastor, his belief system forces him to be heterosexual, and thus, he engages in make-believe to conform to that worldview. The term make-believe should perhaps be changed to force-believe, because people force themselves to believe things in spite of evidence to the contrary. With this type of belief, people actively deny others and themselves the facts of their reality. And they do this by denying the evidence. It's a demonstrable fact that there are many millions of gay human beings. We have scores and scores of human data sets filled with subjective facts, people's accounts of being attracted to their same sex, and objective facts, the multitude of homosexuals we see around us doing homosexual things, like coupling, marrying, and child-rearing. As a result, of these facts, we must conclude that many communities and societies flourish with huge portions of its members being and living homosexual lives. In other words, gay people definitely exist. To reject the facts and deny this evidence is crazy, perhaps so crazy that we should reconsider our mental health system and its classifications for people that engage in make-believe of this kind. We can no more make-believe reality into existence then we can wish-think it. And I encourage you to put your own beliefs to the test. If you persist in your belief because you choose to believe, in spite of the evidence, then you are engaging in make-believe. Another term to describe this is willful ignorance. This is when people are aware of the facts, but actively reject them because they do not fall into alignment with what they choose to believe. An honest review of the evidence forces those with intellectual integrity to accept the facts and adopt them into their worldview. And in relation to the existence of objective reality, that is, reality that exists separate from our minds, we have mountains of evidence to support its truth. So, objective reality exists. And we can, and do, demonstrate this fact on a regular basis. The truth of reality is painfully obvious. 
If we are to enact any change, we must take action. If we want humanity to thrive, we have to go through the hard process of ensuring that it will. Reality is filled with all sorts of problems that will harm us. To solve these problems, we have to engage with reality, learn about it, and figure out the solution. In every instance of human flourishing, the solution was something that we did. We had to identify the problem, study it, understand it, identify the cause, and finally invent the solution. These are all actions. None of these accomplishments were made by just thinking or believing alone. For humanity to truly change our circumstances, we have to engage with evidence and propose our solutions on reality's terms. The last form of solipsism is free will, and we will cover that in part two of this gospel. Thank you, and this has been Ear Seduction.